Richard. And I'm Gary, and these are our incredible stories. Hello and welcome back to all of our listeners from around the world and across the United States. We're happy to have you here with us again for more incredible stories. And uh, I have to say we do have an incredible, uh, some incredible facts to share. I don't know if it's a story, but they are incredible facts. Um, before we get started, if anybody is listening for the first time, welcome to our show. We're happy to have you here with us. And we hope that you enjoy what you hear. If you do, well, guess what? You can hit that subscribe button and you can join us every single Friday for new episodes. And occasionally we'll throw in an extra one and it may not be on Friday. Maybe we'll just throw one in somewhere. But if you want to hear some incredible stories, you definitely found the place to listen to them. Absolutely, Gary. And, uh, you know, uh, I welcome each and every one of you folks who are listening to us at this moment from guess what? More than 30 countries around the world. Isn't that spectacular, Gary? I think that's pretty incredible. I mean, you know, uh, one of the cool things is that uh, when we put these little uh, stories out there, when we're uh, sharing these little facts, um, I don't think uh, neither one of us expected to have uh, a reach that would go around the world and in so many different countries. So So thank you. Thank you so much for being with us, and we hope that you'll find this evening's entertainment uh, to your liking. We're uh, going to be talking about uh, something that's uh, part of human nature, and that is uh, the love of playing games. Absolutely. For thousands of years, Gary, people have enjoyed playing games. Mm-hmm. Even in the digital era, when we have Xbox and Nintendo Switch and mm-hmm. PlayStation, for some reason, a large majority of people still love to play board games. Yes, that's right. And uh, uh, I have to tell you that, um, unfortunately, the people thousands of years ago uh, didn't have Nintendo and, uh, you know, digital games. Uh, uh, it, it's amazing what they did have or didn't have. Uh, some games even were played with stones, which we're going to find out about. But if you want to know some of the oldest known games in mankind what, what would you guess they would be that are still with us today uh, well i think chest and checkers yes would definitely be to the pop into my head mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then there's one called backgammon which i personally have never played do you know anything about backgammon i have played backgammon although when i played it it was a long time ago and uh i remember uh one of the counselors at the uh, summer camp that mom worked at when I was much younger, um, he showed me how to play backgammon, and it was fun. Um, it's it's a thinker of a game. It's definitely uh, deals with strategy when you're playing with it. But uh, um, if if you buy the little uh, sets uh, at the store, the cheap checkers and chess sets, um, they also have backgammon. It has backgammon on the backside, and backgammon mm-hmm. uses the the pieces from checkers and some dice. Uh, now you can buy a, a nice backgammon set by itself, but uh, if you're ever curious in playing it and you have one of the uh, fold out chess boards and you were wondering what that extra game is on the back, that's that uh, that's backgammon. So I, if you feel a little adventurous, mm-hmm. give it a shot. It's worth it. Next time you play checkers, yeah. or next time you play a game of chess, mm-hmm. or even backgammon. 
which is probably not as popular as the other two, just remember you're playing something that people have used for entertainment, not just for 1,000 years, but for thousands of years. Thousands mm -hmm. thousands of years. Yes. <clears throat> now, um, King Tut, uh, everybody I think has heard about King Tut. Uh, he was buried with multiple sets of an Egyptian game called Senet, S-E-N-E-T. Oh. So when King Tut was alive, uh, apparently uh, he loved uh, his board games to the extent that his survivors decided to bury him with them. Uh, well, if it was anything like Monopoly, they probably didn't get finished with the game and they just had to keep it with <laughs> them until he could get finished in the afterlife. Yeah, right. <laughs> now, <clears throat> Ajax and Achilles, <clears throat> ancient uh, heroes, <clears throat> They appear hunched over a board in the midst of play on hundreds of pieces of Greek pottery. Oh. So you see them actually playing games on this ancient Greek pottery. Yeah. Uh, the Ashanti people of Ghana in Africa, <clears throat> they uh, created a board game called Wari, W-A-R-I, and we know it today as Mancala, and you're familiar with that. Yeah, when you were telling me about it, I, I didn't know the name, uh, so I decided to look it up. And sure enough, I have actually played Mancala, oh. uh, but I didn't know the name of it. Um, but uh, you can find it pretty much any any store you go to. Um, you saw it in Target. It was you? in Target, yeah. So, But it's uh, when I was looking over the rules for it, uh, you have six rows on... Uh, one side, six rows on another side, and uh, the object of the game is to collect seeds. They call the stones seeds, and you want to collect as many seeds as you can for your store, and by the end of the game, whoever has the most seeds wins the game. So, mm -hmm. See how simple that is and why I, would, simple. why I would go back so many uh, hundreds and thousands of years. Right. Mancala, M-A-N. C-A-L-A. Yeah, but it's it's challenging. You know, it, that's the thing. Some of these older games, they were all about strategy. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so you really had to think out your moves specifically to mm -hmm. have an objective. And you win. can see that stones became some of the earliest playing pieces for these games. Of course. Well, I mean, you know, talk about simple. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, let's fast forward from thousands of years ago. Uh, up to the 19th century, which is the 1800s. And <clears throat> this is when the uh, board games uh, started to uh, be sold commercially, Gary. And the very first commercial board game was called The Mansion of Happiness. Oh, The Mansion Ooh. of Happiness. That sounds like fun. And our friends in England, their ancestors are the ones who created The Mansion of Happiness. It came out in England in the year 1800, when uh, Thomas Jefferson was elected uh, president of the United States. Really? Mm hmm Now, the mansion was heaven, mm -hmm. and the players raced to get there. So everybody <laughs> was rushing to get to heaven. Everybody it, wants to get to heaven. Yeah, in the mansion of happiness. Now, fast forward to the 1900s. And there's a guy named Milton Bradley. We've heard of him. Yes. Milton Bradley is a huge powerhouse name in board games. That he is. Well, th there was actually a person named Milton Bradley, and he worked and rebranded the Mansion of Happiness 
and uh, called it the checkered game of life. That game, uh, title got shortened, and it is now the game of life. Oh. You've played that. I have played the game of life, <clears throat> and sometimes it works out very well for me, and sometimes it's not so Yeah, great. you drive around in a car, you collect uh-huh. the wife, you collect kids, uh-huh. and this and that and the other. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, there's. I don't think there's any going to heaven in there, is there, or is that still part of the... I think you make it to the retirement <laughs> home. Okay. I'm not sure if that's heaven, <laughs> but you make it somewhere. Okay, so um, the mansion of happiness has been uh, changed a little uh-huh. bit in the um, modern version of the game It's called. been a while since I've played life. it, but I... I remember the last time I played it, I ended up with eight kids and I lived in a shack, so it didn't work out too well. Parcheesi. Everybody's heard of Parcheesi. I'm not sure everybody's oh, yeah. played it. I don't think I've ever played Parcheesi. That um, has its roots in ancient India. It was called Pachisi, and that was from the Hindi word for 25, and that's uh, the highest possible outcome of a single throw of the dice, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Now, Americans had to come along and tweak the name, um, and the Brits decided to call it Ludo. This is Latin for I play. So when Englishman Anthony E. Pratt developed his murder mystery board game in 1943, he called it Cluedo, which sounds like Ludo. Right, but that that would be the name and, of uh, one of my favorite games. Clue. Yes, yes, yes. The Americans came along, like I say, tweaked it, and now it is called Clue. Yeah, which was so popular <laughs> that it got its own movie in the eighties. Ooh, yeah, right. And so this game came out in the middle of World War Two in nineteen forty-three. Uh, Clue, which now is Clue. <clears throat> now the international versions of Clue are a little bit different. <clears throat> Uh, the uh, colorful cast can look quite different from what we're used to. In the United States version, Professor Plum, you remember him? I do, I do, I do. He was uh, called Dr. Orange in Spain. And Mr. Green goes by Chef Lettuce in Chile. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Mrs. Peacock is Mrs. Purple in Brazil. And Mrs. Periwinkle in France. And in Switzerland, she's actually a man, Captain Blue. How about that? <laughs> That's interesting to me. And yeah. I'd be curious to know why such a, a deviation from uh, yeah, so a game clue, to game. Clue, which really is uh, closely related to a, a, an origin game called Cluedo from 1943, has undergone all of these different tweaks and reworkings and what have you. And I'm not sure why, you know, somebody would turn into Chef Lettuce and Chili. It's a fun game, you know. It, uh, it's one that you have to think. You have to be aware of what other people are doing, and you have mm-hmm. to uh, use. You have to use a little bit of, um, I think, a little bit of manipulation to get some of the answers you're looking for to find out who the, who the murderer is at yeah, the end. Yeah, I like Clue. I uh, like that. It. It's a fun <clears throat> game. We've pl- we've all played Clue as a family, mm-hmm. and so uh, uh, I've played Clue for decades. Yeah. We now, have the uh, special edition ones. I have Alien versus Predator Clue. Yeah. And uh, Danielle has the uh, Bob's Burger Clue oh, game from Bob's Burger from the TV show on Fox. Yeah. Now, occasionally these games will inspire screenwriters, Gary, and you've already mentioned that 1985 movie Clue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, in 2000, there was a fantasy film, Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, yeah. And in 2012, there was an action movie, Battleship, and these are all based on board games. Yeah, 
yeah. these movies. I, you know, it's funny. Um, Dungeons and Dragons uh, started out as a, a role-playing game. I, I want to say it was probably the late 70s, early 80s. Um, that was very popular. It's a storytelling game. Um, Alex, you remember Alex? He was on our show, my brother-in-law. And um, you have somebody who is a, the storyteller. Uh, they call him the dungeon master. He plays it a lot. And you you develop a story through the whole time that you're playing it. And so it, it really does lend itself a lot more to, to making a movie about it. Mm-hmm. But it's I think it's had... Uh, it's had two movies made about it, and then uh, the Netflix show Stranger Things. Um, the game is the centerpiece of the first season of Stranger Things, and it kind of revolves around uh, how they deal with the monster that is causing problems for them. Now, Hasbro sells a game that it uh, markets as a family game, and uh, um, it's uh, called... The Ouija board. Oh, the Ouija board. And so the Ouija board uh, inspired the 2014 horror flick Ouija. Yeah. But that, you know what, the the Ouija board is something that goes back even further as well. Because before it was called the Ouija board, a lot of people called it the talking board. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it has its origin. You know what, while you're going through the rest of that, I'm going to look it up. Because I think it'd be interesting to see when the first uh, version of Ouija came out. But I think it came out... How, how do you play Ouija? Well, how do you how do you use the Ouija board? So, if we're going into the taboos of Ouija boards, it's one of those things that uh, you know in the in the paranormal uh, society, you don't want to communicate with spirits. But if you are uh, a fifteen or fourteen year old girl at a sleepover, it's you know how you find out if the guy you like actually likes you. Or fourteen, fifteen year old in uh, Salem, Massachusetts, <laughs> in the sixteen nineties. Yeah, exactly. I believe they had a, a situation with that too. But basically, what it is is you have uh, a centerpiece called the planchette that has a little uh, glass uh, uh, piece cut out in the the center that you look through, and everybody puts their hands on the planchette, and you have the alphabet A through Z. And then you have yes and no uh, in the upper corners. And I believe there's one that says end or whatever. But basically, everybody puts their hands on the planchette. And you start moving it around. And you I, I think there's a way you ask if somebody's there or whatever. Um, but then you ask questions. And so the planchette will either move to yes or no. Um, and then if it's something specific, the eyepiece will move over certain letters spelling out the answer that you're looking for. And, of course, uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, the majority of people who play it, uh, one of the members of the group will do something uh, so that it feels (laughs) like it's moving on its own. Yeah. And everybody's like, I'm not moving it. That's not me. And then they'll make it say something stupid Mm -hmm. or ridiculous uh, just to to get a rise out of people. Uh, And then, of course, for the whole rest of the night, nobody can sleep. But with because they're, uh, they're scared out of their minds, right? Because with the uh, vivid imaginations going wild about the supernatural, yeah. uh, the Ouija board has been known to really freak some people out. Oh, of course it has, of course it has. And you know what? Uh, actually, um, this is a side thing, but uh, we had talked uh, when we were talking with Joe and Alex during Halloween. We we had talked about how. Uh, Joe remembered uh, being a kid, and uh, Danielle had a paranormal encounter uh, as a child. And so I think it was Danielle's aunt 
or uh, one of her mom's friends brought over a Ouija board to see if they could contact the spirit that Danielle was seeing. And it gave the name of a person. And when they looked it up, (laughs) when they looked it up, there was somebody who had lived in that apartment years ago by the same name. So you see, uh, it can... Mm-hmm. Now, for our international listeners, um, if you're interested in finding out more about the Ouija board, it's spelled a little bit differently from the way it's pronounced. Yeah, it's with an O, isn't it? Yes, O-U-I-J-A. O-U-I-J-A, Ouija. O-U-I-J-A, the Ouija board. So, anyhow... Um, at least uh, one board game uh, they thought about developing into a television show. Um, and its creator was a famous filmmaker, Albert Lamaris. Do you know what he wrote and directed in 1956, Gary? No. What did he write and direct? The Red Balloon. Oh. Uh-huh. I, I have seen that numerous times. In fact, I, I watched it recently. And he uh, created a board game. I hope I can uh, pronounce this French correctly. La Conquête du Monde. Du Monde. Conquest of the World. Uh-huh. Now, if you've never heard of it, that's because it never got to the United States as Conquest of the World. Parker Brothers uh, packaged it up as a game which we call Risk. Risk. Oh, you know, I've played Risk before. I like Risk. Mm, me too. Risk is a fun game. Mm-hmm. And then there was another game inventor named Alfred Butts. Uh, he, his creation was called Lexico. Then uh, the, it was named Crisscross Words. And finally, it got its name that we know today, Scrabble. Ooh. And Scrabble, by the way, is found in three out of every five American homes. Yeah, you know what? I think that's probably one of the most popular games mm-hmm. amongst, uh, I would say, college students mm-hmm. and uh, and people who are, are fans of crossword puzzles. Uh, it's one that I've never really been able to get into, but you know they've done so many different variations of it. In fact, there's one that Danielle loves uh, called Go Bananas, and it and I have no idea what it has to do with bananas, but. It's pretty much Scrabble without the board, and you have this banana that zips up, and inside of it has all the letter tiles, and you have to do these different letter combinations to create words and stuff, very much in the same vein as Scrabble. Mm-hmm. And, and points are based off of how many words you can make. Now, I don't know as a lot of people have heard of Go Bananas, but uh, Scrabble has inspired um, a couple of folks to create uh, a game which we are very familiar with, uh, Chris Haney and Scott Abbott, uh, after playing Scrabble for some time, they decided they could come up with something interesting that was closely related, and their game is called Trivial Pursuit. Ah, Trivial Pursuit. Who yeah. doesn't like Trivial Pursuit? And that basically is, how do you play that, Gary? <laughs> it's been a while since <laughs> I played it. Oh, well, they have these cards. Yeah, you have to answer different trivia. Co- Connect different- with trivial facts. Yeah, uh, and it's like history. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have different pop categories. culture stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, it's different things. Um, we have, oh, what did we? You know what? We, we I played Trivial Pursuit the other day. Danielle got um, again. She loves Bob's Burger. Mm-hmm. 
uh, she got Bob's Burger Trivial Pursuit. Oh, there you so go. So now you know that um, the uh, folks who created it were Chris Haney and Scott Abbott, and they got their inspiration from Scrabble. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually like Trivial Pursuit more than I like Scrabble. And the year before you were born, uh, it sold Trivial, Trivial Pursuit sold up to $800 million worth of games, and um, it was even outselling Monopoly at, somewhere at one point. Really? Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? I could see that uh, because people love trivia and some people are better at trivia than others. Mm -hmm. you know? And now that we've mentioned Monopoly, which to me is the 800-pound gorilla in the room, Monopoly is <laughs> uh, a longtime favorite and certainly brings up a lot of nostalgic memories, right, Gary? Yes, it does. Well, um the man who sold Monopoly to Parker Brothers, who brought it into the American mainstream, he sold it in the 1930s. His name was Cla Charles Darrow, Charles Darrow. And um, he's uh, credited with creating the game, but uh, it was actually a, a woman named Elizabeth Meiji who uh, decades earlier earned a patent for her, her invention called the Landlord's Game. And in the landlord's game, you would purchase railroads, you'd paid rent, uh, you occasionally ended up in jail. And ironically, Meiji's aim with the game was to show the evils of accumulating wealth by, ah. bank by bankrupting others. Ah. <laughs> well, I don't think she was successful in that one. No, no, because everybody plays Monopoly with the idea that they are going to bankrupt uh, others and gain as much wealth as they can. <clears throat> and they do it, you know, very, very... Um, you know, enthusiastically. So um, that's the story of uh, Monopoly. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I did a little research uh, here and found the origin of the Ouija board. Now, before it was the Ouija board, they called it the talking board. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was trying to look at, to see how far back the talking board goes. But if we're talking about the board game, mm -hmm. Ouija, which is what this episode is about, the board games. Uh, a businessman by the name of Elijah Bond had the idea to patent uh, a planchette sold with a board um, with the alphabet and the yes and no put on it uh, and sell it uh, as something you could buy in the store. Uh, it's just a, a fun game, mm -hmm. okay? Um, Bond filed for a patent. On May 28th, 1809. Mm. And uh, it was official on the 10th of February, uh, 1891. Yeah. But that was when he filed for it. It was the day before my birthday. Mm -hmm. um, but You were born the, back in the 1800s? No, not in the 1800s, but I was born uh, in May on the 29th. So oh, okay. One day before my birthday. All right. So, but uh, but it was something that uh, clearly he he decided to capitalize on, because uh, the idea of having the talking board was kind of a little a parlor thing, you know. People would get together and do it. So, why not make money off of it instead of just having people uh, do their own little home thing? Hey, how about you go down to the store and you can buy one, mm -hmm. and everything's all set up for you, and you can unlock the mysteries of the universe. 
Yeah, and uh, have a supernatural experience that'll keep you awake all night in the process. Exactly, while Uncle Joe is laughing his head off because he scared everybody at the table. So, since you brought in an interesting fact about the Ouija board, let me throw you one at you, going back to Monopoly. Let's go back to World War II, 1940s. Okay. And believe it or not, the prisoners of war in Germany were allowed board games. Get out of town. Yeah. So I guess the Red Cross uh, would facilitate the, you know, the shipment of board games to the POWs in Germany to help them, you know, while away the monotonous hours. Mm -hmm. But American troops hid maps, compasses, and real money inside the Monopoly sets to help the prisoners escape. Really? (laughs) That's something very few people know. I, I had no clue. Yeah. No so hidden inside the Monopoly sets to help those prisoners escape. Isn't that something? That is something else. Now, um, there's lots of uh, board games about war. We mentioned Risk and we mentioned... Uh, Battleship. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but illness. Illness is a, a recurring theme. You wouldn't think illness would uh, inspire a lot of board games, but <laughs> there's one that comes to mind called Operation and uh, it's poor perennial patients named Cavity Sam. You remember him? That I do. He has water on the mm-hmm. knees, butterflies in his stomach. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. And then in the 1940s, <clears throat> Eleanor Abbott created a game for children to play while they were in quarantine, and its name was Candyland. Wait, Candyland was uh, developed uh, while kids were in some, some kind of quarantine, uh, I think the polio epidemic of the 1940s. How about that? Who would yeah. have thought that yeah. Candyland would have come out of Co- uh, connected like to that? the uh, Connected to the polio uh, mm-hmm. outbreak. So fast forward to our era and uh, in the era of the pandemic, board games can be a great, great relaxer, a great stress reliever, and a great way to spend some time safely while you're trying to avoid the very latest outbreak of something or other. Well, let, let's, let's buffer that with uh, certain games can be relaxing because I know that sometimes people can be very competitive when they play their board games. <laughs> That's so, true. Especially with Monopoly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, uh, if you don't get uh, Park Avenue... Uh, I think that's the the coveted corner mm-hmm. that everybody wants because I it has the liked, biggest payoff. I always like the uh, the tenements and the mm-hmm. <laughs> the low rent. Uh, oh, what? Because you could be the slumlord and <laughs> take everybody's money. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I, I enjoyed owning those. Uh-huh. Well, that that's about it. Uh, I think um, you know, there's lots more games out there, and I'm sure. sure they have incredible stories behind them in their creation. But these are a few of our favorites, and uh, I think it's remarkable to know that some of the games we still play today actually go back thousands of years. It is fascinating. Yeah. yeah. So with that, Gary, we wrap up another episode. I'm Richard. And I'm Gary. And uh, these were some incredible facts about board games. Who would have thunk it? Uh, If you like what you heard, remember, hit that subscribe button and join us each and every Friday for new episodes. All right. We'll see you next time.